Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Blazer Victory Podcast. This is your co-host, John Duncan, and I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Darian Smith. And, Darian, we get to break down the UAB 2022 offense on today's episode. Are you excited about talking about this new offense, buddy? Yeah, brother. Sounds like we got a loaded pod for y'all today. I'm excited about this one. Definitely. And, hey, before we get started with that, We've got a very big announcement for you guys. Drum roll, please. (laughs) There we go. There we go. Guys, we've had a bunch of people ask about it, but we are excited to announce that we are now going to sell Blazer Victory Podcast merch. So right now, uh, you can go on storefrontier.com slash blazerpod, and I'll put the link in the episode description where you can just click the link and go straight to the website. But we've got shirts, hoodies, and long sleeve shirts uh, ready to roll. And, you know, we would encourage you, if you can, go ahead as soon as possible and place that order because it can take up to two weeks uh, for just, you know, kind of getting it ready and shipping and all and whatnot well, with this site. But we are so excited to finally get this out to all of you guys. And, you know, it helps support us. You know, we're ma- we're not making all the money from the sale. Um, we decided to use this website um, just so we don't have to handle it all. So, you know, you'll just put the order in. Store Frontier will uh, handle it and they'll ship it directly to you. Um, but, guys, we are just so excited to finally put this in your hands. So definitely go to this right. website and check us out. So, John, I just thought, right, a lot a lot of school is just starting up. Oh, yeah. How How cool would your kid be? Just swagged out in some laser <laughs> pie, you know. They're oh gonna, man, they're, they're gonna be the coolest kids at school with their blazer pod hoodies or their shirts. Everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna be like, Oh my god, where did you get that from? You need to get that for your kids. I promise it'll make them the coolest kids at school. <laughs> I'm telling you, what are the youngins saying now? You know, they got that drip, they got the drip. Oh. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we sound so old. Hey, what are the youngins <laughs> saying right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, but guys, yeah, you got to go, you know, go ahead and place that order. You know, as Darian just mentioned, school's starting back. You know, we've got a football game here in Protective in less than a month coming up September 1st. So go ahead and place your order and get a Blazer Victory podcast shirt or hoodie so you'll get it in time uh, for the Alabama A&M game. Yes, um, sir. But also, Darian, we've got some other news, buddy. Uh, how about some more big time recruit uh, commits uh, here on the South side? And I believe that first one that we're going to talk about, I think you called it on last episode. You want to go ahead and get into that? Yeah. So we're talking about Emmanuel Waller, big yes. time four star DN. He's four star on rivals from um, out of Oak mountain. Yes. Um, he was, he, he was dropping hints. He was dropping hints. You could, you could kind of tell that UAB was the move, but I, I really wanted to, John, I just really want to get down into his game on what I saw on film. Yeah. What really pops off? Yeah. What pops off? So what makes him into this four star? Like what what's deserving of that? Um so what I saw, well, he's um about six four, two fifty. He has good size. Mm-hmm. It's it's good size, but is it but we're used to seeing um we we're used to seeing those big giant guys that we have on the edge, you know. Right. So it's not elite size. So it's not so okay, it's not the size. After looking at the film, I was like, okay, he has decent speed, but it's not elite speed, right? So I'm I'm wondering, you know, you you say, you know, most of the time if you're four star, five star, it has to be like raw athleticism. Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. 
this guy is so technically sound mm-hmm. for, for a guy that's in high school. He has a high motor. He is very violent with his hands. He just he just knows how to play football. You can tell his IQ is very high. A lot of times on defense, it's almost like a running joke. And be like, yeah, you can you can put a dumb guy out there at defensive end. <laughs> just tell him to go after the quarterback. But if you have a guy that's smart and know how to play football, that know how to contain, that know how to play angles, that know how to shoot his hands. His hands, I saw some of um not only did I watch some of his game film, I saw some film film of him in camp. Mm-hmm. And his hands, I, I encourage anybody to go check it out. His hands are very good. He's a guy that if he plays his cards right, I could envision him contributing right right away. Because, yeah. Because of his skill, his skill set already at this age so early can get him on the field. It was really cool to see. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's that's what I was going to mention, too. It really, from what you were saying, it sounds like this is a guy that can come in almost right away and go ahead and contribute on the defensive line for UAB. Um, and I did just want to throw something else in uh, for those that did not know. Uh, Emmanuel Waller was previously committed to BYU. I, I guess he watched <laughs> that, uh, the bowl game previously and said, no, nah, I can't roll with them. <laughs> yeah, like, hold on. Uh, I'm on the wrong time. I'm on the wrong side, man. <laughs> yes, you love to see it. I mean, but this seriously, guys, this is a huge get uh, for Bryant Vincent and UAB because I mean, this is a guy that had a bunch of offers. Um, like I just said, he was previously committed to BYU. Um, I mean, he had, you know, he was lined up to go visit Alabama, a lot of high uh, P- P5 schools. And he just, you know, he said he fell in love uh, with the South Side, uh, with what Coach Vincent has going. And he wanted to stay home and be, I, b- I believe, as a Twitter uh, graphic it said, hometown hero. And that's kind right. of exactly, you know, what he's trying to be with UAB. Right. So definitely right. excited uh, to get that, uh, get him on the South Side. Uh, coming up um but other than him you know we had two other big big commits uh Mm, uh, the the second one i want to get into who's also a defense alignment was a michael towner jr um from vigor high school i mean this this is a guy who you know kind of like waller he seems like he can come in right away he's the reigning 4a lineman of the year in the state of alabama this is a guy that had major offers from you know major schools like you know, UCF, Maryland, uh, even Coastal, FAU, uh, you know, but plenty of others. But he's also decided to, you know, kind of stay, stay in state and stay on the south side. So that's another right, big right. gift for UAB. Right. Yeah. Looking looking at his film, you know, it's, a, it's another one of those guys with decent size. He's 6'2", 245. You know, he comes off the edge. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, what what makes him, what is, what is it that makes him this highly touted guy? Well, one thing that I like about him and Waller are I saw are things that you must have. He has one on defense you have to have, especially on that line, that high motor. Mm-hmm. Both of the, both of those guys had high motors. Both of those guys were violent. They are violent at the point of attack. They and um so with but the difference between Towner and Waller, they play differently. Waller has great speed. He is a he is a blazer. He is a guy that oh that kind of fit right. He's a blazer, blazer. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a dad joke thing, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he he is very fast, quick twitch type of player. It gets up and down the line. Um, he can get in the backfield fast. This dude has the he has the raw talent. 
He has mm-hmm. the raw raw ability, but he also has the IQ, the same as Waller. So in a, in a couple of plays, more than usual, I'm like, how many interceptions did this guy get? <laughs> right. As as a defensive end, he was dropping back in coverage and making some athletic plays and taking them to the crib. Mm-hmm. Like the dude is fast. I I think I read his um huddle. I guess he used to play running back. So I mean, and so the thing is, I think he can contribute as well. The only thing is, it's a difference between him and Waller with their hands. Yeah. Um, Waller has a plethora of moves. Like, it's impressive to see somebody so young going into their senior year, and they have so many moves and know how to utilize their hands. Towner relies on raw ability, yeah, and he, and he has that. But a lot of it was just violent. I'm going to push you back. I'm going to run around you. And I can, I can think, the, I'm going to drop back. I'm going to think it through. I'm going to hit you hard. I'm going to throw you down. Mm-hmm. He, but he but he has all of the ability and i know once he gets with coach coach kyle tatum i know coach tatum coach mm-hmm. tatum gonna see all that ability in that man he gonna coach him up and yes. if 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 i hopefully he's one of the guys that can get in early man if he learn those moves he get it down this dude what i left watching those two on film what i left away with is like damn we're going to be really good on the bookends mm-hmm. in the future because these dudes are both guys I'm very high on and very excited about. And, and also, too, Darren, you know, with the redshirt rule, too, like you can get these guys in and they can play what, up to four games, too, and just, you know, go yeah. and get them on the field, get some real game time experience and just hold that redshirt, you know, and give them, you know, four more years. So right, I, d- right. I definitely see both of those guys uh, being able to contribute, you know, almost right away. Uh, now, looking on the other side of the ball, UAB did get a, a QB commitment. Uh, quarterback uh, Jackson Potter from uh, California, Santa Margarita High School. I mean, this guy, Darian, he's, you know, 6'5". Uh, he plays, you know, in a really – he plays really tough competition out there, you know, in California in that region mm-hmm. where they play it. Like, he – year in and year out, he's seeing some of the top defenses in the country – and you you look at just last year, he threw for almost 3,000 yards and over 23 touchdowns as a junior. I mean, this is a big get for UAB as well on the offensive side of the ball. It is a very big get. Um, I think Jackson has a lot of potential. Um, what I like what I like about him is his um, pocket manipulation. Um, mm-hmm. So he you can tell that he trains a lot. See he he get the he get the snap. He's he's Step back looks really great. It looked like it looked like somebody on a um a training video camp. Mm-hmm. And then and then he's stepping up every time. So if you look at a lot of high school quarterbacks, they have no pocket awareness. They kind of just just there. You know, it's kind of very bushly. But this dude looks he looks like a pro. He looks legit, way, man. Right. And and he has the other thing that popped on film to me was his accuracy. He's very accurate when he when he passes. He can he can throw it on the money. So the things that I the things that I um that I'm looking at now I'm just kind of wondering is I was wondering about hmm how is his arm strength because if you look at the film of like say Dylan Hopkins when Dylan came out mm-hmm. one thing that Dylan had was this quick release and he had he can put some zip on the ball you know no matter what distance we're talking about Jackson right. d- does not have that same zip but. If you look at quarterbacks like Drew Brees or Peyton Manning, you know, I know this is like I'm not comparing them to that, but well, no, but yeah. <laughs> as as just as just a visual, those guys didn't have the strongest of arms. 
Mm-mm. A lot of times they would say Peyton Manning looked like he was throwing ducks and they was getting right there. It doesn't matter because he had his anticipation. And also, and, too, Darren, the like accuracy. On, the, on the other side, though, like you see these guys that have all the arm strength in the world, but if you can't be accurate, then you're not going to. What does it matter? Exactly. So. <laughs> What does it matter if you could throw the ball 200 yards and you, you you throwing it all the way to China somewhere? Like, you know, it, it doesn't matter. This guy, he 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 pinpoints a lot. Like, a lot of his passes, long balls, intermediate, and he showed in um, different clips to where he can pick apart zone. Yes. He can he can do different. Like, it, it doesn't matter. He, he, I think the competition out there, like you brought up earlier, is training him. Yes. To be ready. So if he can get his decision making, if, you know, he can come in and he can really work on his decision making and he can just spend some time like um, getting big, getting bigger, bulking up. I think he reminds me of Brian Ellis. I played with Brian Ellis, the quarterback. Yeah. Brian, Brian was now to, to Jackson's credit. And then my boy, Brian. Brian was the slowest dude. <laughs> oh. Jackson, Jackson, Jackson is not that slow. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, but shout out, shout out, Brian. You know, I love you, man. But Brian could put the ball anywhere, anytime, any day. So it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And he knew how to manipulate the pocket. That's all you need to know how to do. It. And Jackson has that potential. Definitely. And, and, and I, shout out to you right quick to Brian Ellis. I'll never forget that Troy game. Hey, that 99-yard drive down that touchdown at the end. To oh, Troy. yeah. My mm. boy. Yeah. He orchestrated yeah. that. Yeah. He did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and another thing, too. Like, you know, he still got another year of high school. And after that, bring him in UAB weight room. Get him right. You know, I mean, hey, we can get that arm, arm strength increased a little bit, too. So, I mean, I really like the potential with Potter. And and, and two, with these three guys, uh, Darian, I love that they're going ahead and committing before going into their senior season in high school. Exactly, exactly. So it's huge for UAB as a program for these guys to say, hey, you know, I'm sure I'll get other offers or whatever, but I'm committing to you guys before I head into my senior season. So I don't have to worry about any of that outside noise. You know, I know I want to be a blazer. So let's just go ahead. You know, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent, you know, committed with UAB. So, and Hey, I think there might be a couple more guys. I, I don't know this week, but at least in the next couple weeks, we might have a couple more commits. I I, I think that potential is they're just like kind of reading the tea leaves on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then also um just with those guys committing so early, the what what it does for like momentum you know yes. you got uh, you got other kids saying looking and saying oh i, I kind of want to be a part of that we can make this class the best class and we can mm-hmm. take it to another level so it's it's huge it's really huge for us definitely well all right guys well we'll go ahead and jump into discussing this 2022 uab offense and i guess before we get into position group uh position by position group uh discussion darian let's just talk about Darren Henshaw and kind of what we see this 2022 offense looking like in general. Um, yeah. Now we, we do know 100% sure that uh, Bryant Vincent will be calling the plays this year. I'm, I'm were you surprised by that? Honestly, I, I wasn't surprised with him saying that he's going to call the plays. I, no, I'm not surprised, but I am kind of, um, I do wonder how this is going to work since he's the head coach as well. 
True. Um, I was wondering just how, you know, and he in Henshaw is the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So what exactly is in Henshaw's role in this? Um, because uh, most of the time it's kind of opposite around. So, but I, you know, I was just wondering, is Henshaw, is he gonna be the architect of the offense? Is I that- think I, I think he I, of course Vincent's still gonna call the plays, but I really do think that Henshaw is gonna have a lot of a, a, a big voice in this offense. You know, I, I still foresee Brock Vincent running that outside zone. I mean, cause let's, let's face it. I mean, we've got the, we've got the guys in the backfield to, to run the ball all day long on most yeah. of the teams that we play. So that is still going to be a big part of this uh, offense going forward for UAB. But I mean, with Henshaw having such, you know, a, a long coaching history at many different schools, many different leagues. I mean, he's been around and he's seen great offenses everywhere that he's been in. So you got to think that Henshaw is going to be able to have some say of, you know, leading into the game about like scouting, like what he, you know, would like to see run on right, the offense. Right. So. I don't know, but obviously I do think they're still going to run outside zone a lot. They're still going to um, pop it inside, inside zone um, off of that, mm-hmm. which they did a lot at least last few years since Minson has been there. Um, and, and I get it. You know, with the outside zone, you're trying to stretch the defense sideline to sideline, and when they get too spread out, you pop it inside. I mean, that, it, it sounds basic, but it's worked. And it's, it's to, effective. To, it's effective, exactly. And to be able to have that, you've really got to have really good running backs, which UAB does, but you also have to have a really good – you know, kind of elite offensive line. And, you know, we'll get into it a little bit, but I think UAB has an elite offensive line, you know, heading into this season, if not the best in the Conference USA, for sure. Right, exactly. So what I am from just going back and seeing with Henshaw is um, I think he'll mix it up. So one thing that I was able to see is, like, he uses his personnel really well. Yes. Um. So it's it, it, you know, going back to Kentucky, and I, and I know that he was um, co-coordinator where he, with Eddie Grand um, in Cincinnati and Kentucky and, you know, places like that. So he's not the main guy, but he was, he had a lot of say, so right. he was, you know, he was co-coordinator. So, so like, you know, in Kentucky in certain time, in certain teams, they had Benny Snell mm-hmm. had a good, they had a good offensive line, but they had a running, a running quarterback in Terry Wilson. So of course they didn't throw the ball downfield a lot and do all this. They, they focused and they, their main objective was to get them in space. Yes. How how can we utilize them the best? Because that was the strength of the team. It was a no brainer. But then if you mm-hmm. so and it was a lot of you know different sets. It it could be you know they use the spread shotgun. They use the pistol sets. Like I, I, almost a lot about uh, a lot of what we see here in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But then if you, if you look at them in Cincinnati, they had a different personnel. They had they had like Gunner Kill at quarterback, and they had a lot of weapons. So you will see five wide, four wide. You will see them mixed up diamond formations. They were all over the field. So what I was, and then you will see all different types of passes, downfield scenes. You will see screen passes, intermediate, post corner. You'll see a whole bunch of different types. So what excited me was the variety he brings and how sometimes I felt like with the with our UAB offense, like we, we alluded to it last week, you said it. We got predictable. Yep. You, you could you could tell. All right, here we go. Run here, run here. Play action. Try to go over top. It was it was kind of like you know like <laughs> all right you know like can we can we mix it up a little bit and I and we're not listen we're that's me being an armchair coordinator like I don't 
I didn't look at the game plan, so I know you know Vince and them knew more than I did. But the only thing that I'm excited about is the potential to be uh, more open, just more what's the word the, uh, democratic in the offense, you know. So uh, I'm excited because of all of the weapons and because of that O line we have. Yes, definitely, and also too, people forget that you know Henshaw he. He also coached at Georgia Southern, you know, with the triple option. So he has seen so many different types of everything. Off- yeah. And then going back <laughs> to UCF with it, you know, he's spreading around at UCF too. Right, Dress right. on. So he has seen um, pretty much all the offenses out there, um, I guess, other than the run and shoot. Um, but I mean, this is a guy like you just mentioned, Darian, that I think is going to be great for this offense. Uh, speaking of Henshaw, but, he just seems that he's able to be really adaptable and know, you know, just be very adaptable with his teams. And that's why I think, hey, he, you know, he's not going to be calling the plays on Saturdays, but I think he will be able to get the guys ready each weekend and week out, be able to scout well, let Vincent know what type of play calls to call other than the outside zone. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm very excited. And, um, you know, reading the article, um, from Steve Irvine, you know, 1819 News. Um, mm-hmm. He did a deep dive about, you know, with him on Henshaw and how Henshaw and how I like how Vincent brought Henshaw in. It was like, no, we're going to meet the players. It's not about X's and O's, you know. Mm-hmm. We're going to we're gonna get in here. We're going to get to know these guys, their families, what they like, what makes them tick. I thought that was so, as me being a former player, I thought that was so important and such a genius move because you're going to get way more out of a kid mm-hmm. when he knows that you really want more out of his life, not just what he can do for you, but that you care about him as a kid, right. you know? And um, that's, that's, that's what we like to see as, as players. So I think Vincent has a good pulse of the team. And I think Henshaw will follow effortlessly behind his lead. Definitely agree. Well, let's go ahead and start to get in these position group uh, discussions. And why not start with the big nasties up front with this offensive line? Darren, oh, yeah. I mean, we got to start there. <laughs> oh, not, yeah, not, just, not just not just because you're a former center. No. Oh, yeah, baby. Let's give the big nasties. Yes, hand, baby. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> yeah. But hey, these guys, I mean, you look, um, you know, Will Reichard. Uh, center, you know, you've got uh, Matthew Trier at left guard. Uh, you've got Sidney Wells back, uh, Kadeem Telford. You've got, I mean, you've got some guys back. Um, I guess the only only position that kind of seems to me like it might be up for grabs would be maybe one of those tackle spots. Um, right, right. I, I don't know if it'll go to either Quincy McGee or Trey Badosky, um, or you know, even Eli Ritchie is a redshirt freshman coming in 6'5", 300 pounds. I mean, this is a guy that played three games last year. I mean, he's very serviceable um, to, you know, kind of plug and play. Or, you know, Quez Yates. Um, but let, let's, let's kind of talk about this offensive line. Obviously, you know, I think, Darren, you feel the same way that I do, that this should be the best or at the top of Conference USA, at least, of offensive line. Um, I think it's probably one of the best in the G5 um, altogether. Um, but one thing I wanted to talk with you about, and this is just after the first week of fall camp, but mm-hmm. we've been reading and seeing reports of where they've kind of been moving some guys around, you know, like, like, let's take Sidney Wells, for instance. Like, you would think he would just be a natural at one of those guard positions. But 
they've been moving him over to play some right tackle. Um, can can you tell the listeners? Kind of, I mean, oh, it seems I, I obvious. Think, yeah, I think but, they moved. I, I think they moved him into guard. Into guard. That's right. Yeah, from yeah. tackle to guard. Yeah, right, right. Setup. But can you tell the listeners? I mean, it seems obvious that you know you want all the offensive linemen to be able to rotate if needed in case of injuries or something. But can you tell the listeners about why they do that, especially during fall camp for the offensive line to move them around? Because it's, it's important to be versatile. Mm-hmm. Um, injuries happen. Injuries mm-hmm. happen. That's, that's part of the game. And also for scouts, when you go to the, when you go to the next level, a coach is really looking out for you. If he's showing your versatility, Mm-hmm. That that is super important. I, I learned that the hard way. You know, I only played center, and um, I could play other positions, but I didn't have the size. But they told me they'll tell you straight up, man. The more positions you can play, the more playable you are. Mm-hmm. Because if, if a guy go down, they don't have to waste a roster spot or anything on having to, you know, a need to fill this. And you, you're the guy that can fill it all. They have, and then if you can show and have that confidence. That's important, but it's just really important on your own team because you don't know who's going to go down and what in what kind of critical moment. So they may need your your raw talent if you can plug and play and, and have that talent at any position, and um you can keep it together like it does. It's not like you don't know what's going on, right? They can they can have confidence that yeah you at right tackle and at left guard. Mm-hmm. Cool. Guess what? You're just going to be the guy to fill in. If you can be, or maybe you're starting at right tackle and you can play other positions, somebody go down, you're the guy that can move because you have a backup that's only good at right tackle. Right? Mm. You see what I'm saying? So you're the guy that that can help. You're the one that's malleable, you know, and uh, that's very valuable in today's game. Okay, great, great. Um, And, I mean, it does hurt. You know, losing Kobe Ragland, Andrew Smith, and Jacoby Jones. And, and, you know, going back to last year, you know, with Will Riker descending, you know, Andrew Smith was a guy that had played center before, too. So, right, um, right. I, I mean, um, you know, how will Riker do without Andrew Smith out there? You know, with Andrew Smith, you know, playing center before, he was able to kind of help Riker out a little bit. And, you know, with with the, how how the defense uh, was a lot was lining up in front. Um, but I have, a, I mean, I, I'm so excited to see what these guys do. And, and also just, Hearing, and I think Steve Irvine uh, tweeted this as well, but just hearing how Sidney Wells is ready to get out there, like he's got a point to prove, you know, for not right. playing the whole the year injuries. last year. Yeah, correct, so, correct. So I'm, I'm excited about this line. And then with, with with Will, with Riker, you know, our play center. Honestly, I've been waiting for him to to be the guy because mm-hmm. I, I I go out there and I like to look at the line, you know, because I'm I'm one of them. Right. Man, he plays with great leverage. He's extra quick. He probably he's not the biggest guy, but I've never seen him get blew off the ball because he knows how to play the game. And I saw in the article, uh, I think this one was, I don't know if this was by Steve Irvine or by um, Evan Dudley of uh, AL.com. They both do great jobs. Um, I don't know. They call him the sheriff. Mm-hmm. They say why? Because he 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 runs the show. He knows he what's does. going on, and the way that the way that he plays, he shows it. It's so much confidence. Like you can just, I can feel it being a center. It's like he 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 knows he goes he knows where to go, and he goes there with extra conviction. And it's with um he plays very fast. He he just know how to play as a center. So I've been waiting for him to be like full time and be the guy. And Sidney Wells to me has always been more of a guard. 
if you look, yeah. you can you can look at the difference between him and Telford and um, Kobe Ragland. Those guys had quicker feet. You know, they mm-hmm. were they were they, they were a little lighter, a little leaner. They kind of they have that. Sydney is a, a it's bigger. I was wondering, it was like, man, if we can get him inside, he just seems like more of a bruiser on the inside. And right. um, Badowski and um, McGee, those guys played. Those guys got good time. And just seeing them last year, I was like, man, these dudes are fine at Tackle. Mm-hmm. These, these dudes are fine. And then we have a bunch of Juco guys as well. And if you looked at the film on, like, Quez Yates, you mentioned oh, him yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. They, they, them dudes get after it. They not they they are not slop. And I was in a weight room, and I was uh by Eli and I, Eli Richie. I saw his film too. The dude is as big as they, they say he is. <laughs> I was like Jesus Christ, and this I, was last I, year. <laughs> right, I'm telling you, man. Yeah, he's listed. I think at six five three hundred. He might be six like he's six five three twenty five or something like that. Man, but listen, dude. he's bigger. He is bigger <laughs> than that. Trust me. Trust yes. me. Yes, well, excited to see, um, you know, this offensive line really deep. Um, but, you know, what also makes this line look good is those uh, those running backs behind them. So let's kind of go wow. ahead and uh, discuss these running backs. Um, and, hey, if you don't know the name, I don't know what you've been doing these last couple of years, but Debo is back. Dwayne McBride uh, is a junior, as I listed on the official depth chart. You know, he's back, and he – I mean, he really caught on late in that 2021 seat. Like, that back half of last year, like, he right. was just a man on a mission. He's a, he's on the adult Walker preseason watch list. Um, I mean, last year, you know, he he had the, he, he carried the ball officially 47 times for 1371 and 13 mm. touchdowns. Um, had four touchdowns and 210 yards against uh, Louisiana Tech. Mm. Um, and also, you know, he rushed for over 100 yards in uh, the, the five ga- the five last games um, and re- uh, really are five of the, I think, seven last games of the year. But you really mm. look at uh, the UTEP and the Rice game where he got hurt in both of those games. I mean, he really mm-hmm. should have got over 100 in both of those games as well. But yes, yes. I mean, is, is there anything else to say about Debo? Like, <laughs> I mean, not really. I mean, y'all. <laughs> I mean, come, the dude is like a man child. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. Like he, what he can, he can pull away from you. He can mm-hmm. run up you. He's very quick twitch to be his size. I mean, he's a, in my opinion, he's an NFL running back. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. But that's not much to say on that. I mean, with this offensive line and his talent, I expect a whole. I know Henshaw has to be grinning. Oh yeah, licking his he, chops. There's so much you can do there. He's got to be granted to that guy behind him, Jermaine Brown, Skull. You know, he's a junior yeah. as well. Hey, I think, Darian, I think obviously Debo's the number one guy and he's going to get his yards, get his touchdowns this year. But I think Jermaine Brown is going to be the guy to watch for on this 2022 UAB offense. Like, you I think, think you, you think he's due. You think he's due for he's, it? He's due. I think this is going to be his year. Like, I still, you know, Debo's going to be number one. But Skull is going to show out this year. Like, reports off of the first week of camp, like, they say that he looks great. He's already, you know, in, he's in form already. Like, he looks – Right. He, he's ready. And, and and just speaking of that, too, um, you know, he was actually placed on the Paul Hornig award watch list, which uh, folks that don't know that, that goes out to the the country's uh, most versatile player because, um, you know, he'll be returning kicks as well. But I really look forward to seeing big things out of Jermaine Brown this year. Um, I mean, even last year, he still had a hell of a season last year. You know, you, he had over a thousand uh, yards, uh, all purpose yards, uh, you know, 
that's combining returning kicks, rushing, and receiving. Uh, but mm-hmm. you look at that UTEP game when Debo got hurt. I mean, he had three rushing touchdowns. Like, Skull is pro- a proven guy behind Debo to just continue carrying the, you know, carrying totally the rock. Like, you've got Debo having to come out and get a breather, and here comes Skull in here. Yeah, he may he may not be the bruiser that Debo is, but I'm telling you, man, Skull ain't afraid to kind of lean in and <laughs> run you over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to be his size, to be like this shifty, this shit, like that's his thing. Like he has this yes. dead leg move that he put on mm-hmm. you, this, and he has this hazy. It's almost like watching AI. Yeah, basketball. It's like he gonna cross you over, like the dude. I'm, I, I hate it. I hated playing players like when I used to play defense. I hated players like that because they tire you out so yes. much. But yeah, like to be his size and be known as a quote unquote scat back. I think this year is gonna be big for him, like you said, because he's not afraid to put that shoulder. He'll put that head down and lean into you, especially when it's come to like in the goal line when it's when it's time to get a touchdown. You don't expect that from him and he he can do it he, he's not scared he plays with a lot of fire a lot of passion. i mean the guy the guy is gonna return kicks he's gonna get out in space he's gonna catch screens and catch uh flare passes you know he's gonna be useful on spread zone and zone reads like he is very useful in all purpose i think they balance each other perfectly it- and also, too, like, you know, fall camp last year before the 2021 season, like, they were really trying to move Skull over to be more of a slot guy a lot of times. But, yeah. but with injuries, of course, you know, he had to move back into that running back role. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Hey, I mean, if you see him and uh, Debo out on the field, you know, a couple of times with both of them on there, like, kind of throw him into the slot and just, you I know, because he's I think that would be scary. I think that's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, also, you know, we talk a lot about Debo and Skull, but there, in my opinion, there's a couple guys behind them that can also play running back, Um, especially coming after this, you know, first week of fall camp. We have been hearing from people telling us A.J. Gates, like this is a guy, he's a redshirt junior, he's a transfer from Alabama, uh, played high school ball at Mountain Brook, but this is a guy that especially Bryant Vincent seems really excited about, so can he be that third guy that come in, you know, every so often and give give uh, the other two guys a reliever, uh, you know, relieve them? I think so, because, I mean, this guy, you know, from all reports that I've heard, he looks really good and he looks ready to roll. Yeah, it seemed like it. It seemed like I've heard Steve Irvine say something. Mm-hmm. I've heard Evan Dudley say something. Then I've seen the official UAB Twitter. They they post their notes and, you know, they game pad. Like I'm looking at that. I'm like. AJ Gates, AJ Gates, AJ Gates. You know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, I get it. I get it. This dude is making plays in camp. He's showing some, he's showing something out there. He he's making his case. So I'm I'm excited to see. So when I when I saw the games he played, he had the shiftiness. He kind of reminded you of score. Mm-hmm. But I think score was a little bit more stronger. So what I'm what I mean to say is it seems like he went down a little easier than score did. Yeah, I think so too. Um, but, but it seems like he's not going down no more. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like. from reports, he's been very elusive. So that you, that's that's great to see. Um, but Darren, I think there's two other guys even behind Gates that could yeah. could contribute at some point this season. I mean, you've got Zeus Perryman, the, the retro junior coming in from East Mississippi, had right. a heck of a spring game during the spring, and had a heck of a spring too. Um, he was really, you know, raw. I mean, but he was running people over in the spring game. Um, the only negative that, you know, we've heard coming out of camp so far is that he's just not consistent at pass protection, which 
with this offense, yeah. if you're going to run play action, hey, you've got to the, the backs are going to have to pick up somebody. So yeah, you got to. It's 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 super important. And as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, like you you need to. So when you go up, you call you call out your protection or whatever, and then running back needs to hear. So he plays off of your protection. One thing that I'm telling you that a piss an offensive lineman off mm-hmm. and a tight end. If y'all got y'all dudes locked up. <laughs> y'all got them locked up ain't oh man we did such an awesome mm. job and you got a damn running back <laughs> mm-hmm. that 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 would that will definitely catch our so that's that's important and that's something that's fixable yes just it is. just you just give time you know but as far as let him running that rock oh uh, right. come on now come on now I mean he's got the name Zeus come on now <laughs> yeah come on now, man. like the dude the dude is built like a like a Greek guy like Zeus and he he's running <laughs> and he is running with um a lot of fire, a lot of uh ill will. He's yes. trying to and he has a great mixture of a blend of size, speed, and um he'll run you over. He he's he's a grown man type of kinda in that Debo um in that Debo. I think Debo has um at this at this point right now, um Debo has better vision. Mm-hmm. If if Zeus and he takes time, he can he can develop that. Definitely. And there's one more guy, uh, one more guy in the running back room that I want to talk about. And that's Lee Witherspoon. I mean, and this was the guy, you know, that unfortunately got hurt late in fall camp last year and, you know, had to miss the whole 2021 season. But this is a guy, you know, he's he's back ready. He, he seems that, you know, he, he's back almost 100 percent, if not 100 um, percent. So this is a guy that's wanting to get out there and, you know, prove a lot of doubters wrong. Um, you know, he's originally a transfer from Mississippi State. Um, mm-hmm. So, he, I mean, he was hope- he was um, he was big time coming out of high school. Yeah, he was, he was a big he was a he was a big time player. So I, I don't downplay to get that, you know, that he him coming over to um, UAB. I hate that he got hurt. But, yeah. you know. Just reading and seeing and seeing that how he's bouncing back and responding, how Vincent called it out. It seems like he's getting back to this track, so um, back on his track that the potential reaching the potential he can get to. So I mean, I mean, you look and we have five. We're five deep at running back. Yes, man, come on, man. I'm telling you, man. Uh, well, let's go ahead and talk about another deep unit, and uh, and this seems kind of weird saying, but the quarterback room is deep for pretty much <laughs> yeah. the first time I think I've ever said that, to be honest. Right. Um, but, I mean, it all starts with Dylan Hopkins, you know, Richard Jr. I mean, the guy basically won the team over last year, I think. Um, I mean, especially in that bowl game against BYU, you know, sick, uh, running a fever right before leading up to the game and still coming in there and having a near perfect game, you know, 19 to 23 for almost 200 yards and three touchdowns. Right. While, while you're sick. I mean, come, come on, on, man. You yeah. Know. Okay. Okay. But, Michael Jordan flu game. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He did the Michael Jordan flu. Game. <laughs> but I mean, this is a guy like, I remember talking with Steve, you know, early on when he first started, like he, he was still doing well, but he just didn't seem comfortable. Now later we would find out that he was dealing with, I mean, an injury the whole year with his non-throwing shoulder. Um, but, as the year got on, he looked really more comfortable in the pocket. You you didn't see him like, oh, man, I remember the Liberty game. It's just like he was taking too long to get rid of the ball. Mm. Um, but but after that game, man, I think something just, you know, flip, flipped on. And he, I mean, he was really good throughout the rest of the season. And, and now that he's, you know, knock on wood, you know, 100% now that he's had surgery on the non-throwing shoulder, I mean, I'm excited to see what he does this year. 
I am too, man. He uh Dylan Hopkins has always been my guy. Yeah. Like, so I remember just going back when he first I was super excited when we first got him because his release, he has this very quick release, kind of like uh think of like Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That, that that really quick release and he has this zip on the ball. Like he and he's accurate with it. So I'm like, man, this dude has a lot of potential. You don't see the end. He can he can move. He can run some. I think this year, I think he'll have a big year because he's he shouldn't be dealing with nagging injuries. He seems hundred percent healthy and he doesn't have a controversy behind him. Like it's not a you know, a QB conversation going on finally. Right. Yeah, I agree. And and also too, Darren, I'll never forget being in uh Neyland Stadium in twenty nineteen, uh playing Tennessee and he, you know, came off the bench and that's really the first time we saw him and he scored that touchdown and I was like, Okay, this this guy's gonna be special. Um oh, now, yeah. now, now, now we're not gonna talk about that Southern Miss game the next week, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean but I, I, you know, you saw something in him. You you saw something in him. You know, uh, back in his Maryville days in Tennessee. And I'm just so excited to see what he does this year. And I do think he just improves even more, especially now that he uh, took care of that shoulder. Um, and, es- about- and especially since I was going, I was going to segue for you. Go, I got go you. ahead. I got you, <laughs> go ahead, man. <laughs> especially because he's going to mm-hmm. have Jacob Zeno pushing him. Yes. And we all Compet- he that dude ain't Compet- yeah competition yeah. baby competition mm-hmm. and so uh, Zeno is not a slouch. No, he's not, and, and that's what like you know when we got the train Zeno in from Baylor, the outside was like okay Zeno's going to be UAB starter day one right, and we were like ah no I mean we still got Dylan Hopkins but like you just <laughs> right. said competition makes everyone better and. Mm. It's just been one week of camp, but both of those guys, and also, and, and I need to say this too, it's been a week, first week of camp. They really only put the pads on one day, and that was on Saturday. But still, like, from what we hear, like, both of these guys are on. Like, and, I mean, you you look at Zeno, very talented guy coming into Baylor. Very strong arm, very accurate. And, and also, too, Darren, you know, Dylan had to sit out the whole spring, and Zeno kind of came in and had the whole spring, you know, kind of to himself. So, but I don't know. I I think from what we've seen, you know, so far and heard so far out of the camp, I think Dylan's, you know, he he's he just looks better. Like he he knows that hey, if he messes up, Zeno's right there and gonna take it from him. So competition just you know brings the best out of out of out of both guys. Right, and I like seeing the article that. Steve had posted it was saying that he was um they was interviewing they was talking about competition with Dylan and his father Archie. Mm-hmm. And he was saying he was saying they love it, they embrace it. And man, that, that fired me up. Like that's yes. what you want. That's what you want. It's like, all right, you're gonna bring this transfer in. He's talented. I'm not taking that away from him. But I'm mm-hmm. I'm him. I'm really him. I'm that guy. You know, you saw what I did last year. I'm only getting better, right? So it's like a a, a, a moment of like a, a declaration of like, hey, I'm I, I have arrived, you know, and I'm I'm the guy that's gonna lead this team um into to a conference championship, and I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna lead us to being ranked. I think Dylan has the potential to do that, and I think with him being 100 percent healthy, having all of that time to kind of just dive into the playbook to get comfortable and um not have a, a like not have a like um like you know you always had to. The thing with Tyler, yeah. it seems it seems like it seems like now it's it is 
his team until, you know, like I know Jacob is good. Like Zeno is good. Don't get me wrong, but it just seems it feels as if it's like, hey, it's Dylan is your team unless something happens to you. I agree 100 percent. And if something does happen, which knock on wood, we don't want it to happen. But if it does, you've got a very talented guy right behind him. That's that's ready to go right, you know, right away with Zeno. So that that is great to have um, this year. And hey, and don't sleep on Bryson Lucero. I mean, that guy, you know, he's Richard Jr. Um, you know, they said that he's improved uh, recently. So, you know, don't forget about him. Um, and, and, and Damon Stewart, you know, from uh, East Mississippi. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think, I mean, this guy, I don't know if he'll be a starting quarterback, but we've got to, I think Steve said this, I mean, we've got to find a way to get him on the field. Like, put him into some packages somehow, like whether right. it's, you know, like a wildcat or something. This guy is tough to bring down. He's very shifty, very elusive. Like, we've got to find a way to just get him into some packages somehow on yeah. the field. Well, it's like three to five touches a game, maybe goal mm-hmm. line, maybe fake run, pass over the top. Like, it's, it's ways mm-hmm. to get him. And then I think we probably have one of the the best third-string quarterbacks in college because Bryson Lucero, he played well for us when he had to at a he young did. age. You yes. know, he didn't, have, he didn't have it all put together for decision-making-wise, but the, the guy has a cannon. The guy is competitive, and he can, he can sling it. So I feel, like you said, this is like – the deepest room quarterback room we've had like you can you can feel comfortable going down like if we had a, like a southern miss injury type year you know <laughs> oh, well, well, no, i don't know if we want to go eight deep now <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like at least we have more able bodies even right. even going all the way down like to uh dylan uh how exactly is it male well tri- okay no now i don't want to say it wrong well, no. What Dylan Marotra reports are that he has not he has not been at camp yet. So I, I don't know what's going on there. So I, I wasn't even gonna. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So so that's why. I mean, maybe it's like maybe he's just sick or something. Um, but I do not know. Um, but yeah, he has not reported. Um, at least through Friday. I don't know if he appeared Saturday, but at least through Friday, he has not been at camp yet. Um, but and that's a guy you know out of Louisiana that I was really high on too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like but said, even. He, even he showed some dual. He showed some dual threat capabilities, but you know he yeah. still had. He still needed to develop. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, but hey, take him away. You've got Dylan, Jacob, Bryson, and Damon. I mean, that's four guys right there that um, you know you feel comfortable with. Now, Damon, you know, obviously, like he's he's going to be you know kind of a project if he if he wants to be you know a number one guy. Which I mean, I'm not saying he can't be. He can because Damon Stewart he proved at East Mississippi. You know, he had some great runs there, great throws there, and. You know, he's already proven that he's very elusive so far in this camp since he's gotten to UAB. And then in spring, he, he did pretty well. Um, right. But you you really feel confident, at least with the top two guys, with Dylan Hopkins and Jacob Zeno, that both of those guys can help lead the, lead this team to another Conference USA championship. I feel confident with Bryson Lucero, baby. Hey, me too. Yeah, hey, I, hey, I'll never forget that South Alabama game. You know, me and Steve, <laughs> we after we saw that game, we were like, "Holy cow, man! This is that. This is our guy." You know, we've been waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. We know Tyler's hurt, but hey, just keep Lucero in. You know. And then after that, I mean, hey, he was he was young, you know. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, all, yeah. those defenses, you know, they, they shift the safeties around, so they kind of picked them off a bit. Louisiana, especially. Um, but hey, yeah, I'm confident with Lucero because he, he, he's another guy, you know, that we've said he, he, he looks good so far in camp and fall camp, but he looked good in the spring and he looked good in the spring game that I was able to see. So, hey, yeah, I, I'm with you. The three guys will go Hopkins, Zeno and Lucero. 
Right, right. And then we'll see how they utilize those weapons they have. Hey, well, let's go ahead and get into those weapons, man. Um, get into those wide receivers. Um, and this is what, you know, Bryant Vincent said on air um, on a radio show that this is his most talented uh, group of wide receivers that he's ever had at UAC. Really? I did, not, I did not catch that. I, he, you just brought something new to he, me. I did he, not know. Yes. And honestly, man, I, I'm... Hmm. I'm with him because, I mean, obviously you got Trey Shropshire, who's your deep threat. You know, he led the nation in yards per catch last year, seven TDs last year, and those two big ones against UTSA. Um, But I guess my question with Shropshire is, can he kind of take that next step? Like, obviously he's going to be the deep threat guy, but, you know, you kind of go back to, and I hate to bring up the Liberty game, but it was at least one or two passes that, you know, that he dropped that, especially one, it was a deep ball that he just wide open, just dropped that would have been a touchdown. <laughs> I, I got a good story about that, man. Oh, hey, tell us, tell us. So that game, I don't I don't worry about that. I don't worry okay. about that no more. When you want to know why? Why is that? I was in the crowd that game. I was sitting right next to his mama. Okay. They, so they, you know, they from Louisiana, you know, mm-hmm. New Orleans. It sounds like you could, you could hear their accent. Mm-hmm. She, she is tough as nails. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> you you think you I don't know if you man. So you think was, we're being critical? We're, we oh we're being critical. Oh my god. Oh my god. My wife and everybody was sitting there. She oh. oh, you I can't I can't repeat. <laughs> but I I I just remember her saying like I can't wait till we wait till we get back to this room. Oh. oh. I, I like <laughs> So we in the crowd was just like, it's okay, mama. Like, he going to get it back. He good. So we can try to calm her down. So uh-huh. I, I, I didn't see him have a game like that again. He did. Hey, you're right. After that <laughs> after that game, hey, he was pretty much golden the rest of the way. Like, you're I, right. She is the real deal. And once I saw the uh, – what I saw, though, was like the uh, family of accountability and the hard work that he came from, that he comes yeah. from. Like, yeah. she, like, she was not playing games. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, ooh, that – but – that kind of reassures you in the sense because it's like, ah, I, I, we don't, we, you ain't got to hear from fans or you're going to hear straight from the closest person to you. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know what accountability look like, <laughs> you know? So I'm pretty sure he was accountable. I do think, I do think I want to see more than just deep third. Like you said, be the guy. Yeah. I want to, I want to see a well-rounded guy. Me too. Um, I want to see a guy catching drags across the middle and and, and doing post corners and kind of chopping them up with his routes instead of just just speed and length, you know, and athleticism. I want to see the full, and I think he can do that. Me too. I think so too. And, and let's go ahead and talk about the other guy that should be another really deep threat, on, deep threat on the other side, um, opposite Shropshire, and that's Tayshawn Palmer. I mean, and this mm-hmm. is a guy that. Um, I mean, he really kind of came on late. You know, you look at that bowl game against BYU, he had three catches for, you know, almost 50, 48 yards. I mean, he he looks really good. This was a guy that was really good in JUCO. He, he came from, a, I think it was Snow Community. Yeah, Snow Community College. Um, I mean, this is a guy that I really expect big things out of. And I know the coaching staff, you know, they see it every day in practice. Like, they, they expect him to kind of take it over this year, you know, have a really big year. Um, he came on a little late last year, but I think this year you, you, you can expect to see a lot more out of Tayshawn Palmer. Right. And, and that was kind of my question was like, who, what's the pick and order? You know, yeah. what, what are the weapons? What are we looking at? Cause I, I, I wondered if you could help me out with this because you got 
Tayshaun Palmer, then you got TJ Jones, then you got Samario Rudolph, and then you got Ryan Davis. Then I hear a lot about Fred Farrier. Yes, we'll uh, get into of, him. Man. And then um and what about the guy that uh then I hear I hear about Jordan Palmer too. Mm-hmm. Um and then what about the transfer we had, Dexter Boykin? Yes. He was yeah, from to UNA. Yeah. From UNA. He was supposed to be a big time gift for us and he had elite size. So I was like, we have a a lot of talent there. We we do. Well, we just mentioned the deep threats, you know, with Shropshire and Palmer. But let's go ahead and talk about those slot guys that you just mentioned. And and I, I think it starts with Ryan Davis, man. I mean, this is, you know, he's a retro junior. I, I like to call him Mr. Reliable when he's able to be on the field. You know, unfortunately, last yeah. year, he, had, he, he was, he was you know, he had some injuries last year. I mean, you go back to the Tulane game. He got dinged up in the BYU game. Um, I mean, but this is a guy in critical third down situations. If third down and eight, third down ten, get him on a post route, get him on a slant, get him just finding somewhere in the zone coverage. He's going to catch that ball and get that first down. And yes, when yes. he when he is able to stay healthy, and that's my only thing. Like going back to fall camp last year, Steve loved Ryan Davis, and he, you know, everybody at fall camp was talking about how Ryan Davis is going to be, you know, going to be that guy. But unfortunately, he just kept getting bit by the injury bug. But this year, knock on wood. Hopefully he'll you know be able to have an injury free season and be able to be that Mister Reliable that we all think he can be. So has it, has he has he been practicing yet? I did see where he was doing drills, but not not like full pads. I don't know yeah. if he's been out there practicing I, practicing. Yeah, I don't know for sure. I, I, last I heard that he wouldn't be able to get out there a hundred percent. Like I think he he's out there, but I don't think I, I don't, I'm not sure if he put on full pads Saturday. Maybe somebody listening can. Uh, clear that up and get in my DMs, but I don't think, I don't think he was. So I think they're kind of just taking it easy with him because, you know, he had to have off season surgery as well, I believe. So, uh. um, but I mean, Hey, when he is, when he is on the field and when he's healthy, he does great things. So I definitely expect another, uh, you know, him to take that next step and stay, stay uh, <laughs> away from the injury bug. But I expect hey, great things like, this year. like, you know, Hey Steve or Evan or, <laughs> could, could you guys? Hey, could we could we get there? I know y'all can do it. We need to know what's going on with Ryan, baby. Let's get the article. <laughs> yes, let's go. <laughs> uh, but let's. Hey, you mentioned Fred Ferrier earlier. Um, this is a guy, he a redshirt freshman from Franklin County, Kentucky. I mean, this is a guy that multiple interviews, Coach Vincent, you know, has been on the radio or streaming wherever. This is a guy that he keeps mentioning. This. And he said, quote, you know, that you expect him to make some big plays this year. So I, I really expect Fred Ferrier um, to kind of come in right away and make some big plays. Um, so definitely keep your eyes on Fred Ferrier this year. Um, you mentioned T.J. Jones earlier. I mean, the guy from Penn yeah. State. Um, mm-hmm. You really only saw you really only saw him in some weird packages where they would like kind of flip the ball to him and he kind of mm-hmm. like run around. I think you you can see him expect to see him in more than that this year. I think they were just doing that to kind of you know get him get comfortable. Him on the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I expect him to make a a bigger impact this year as well. Yeah, and, yeah. I think I mean, he um I think he showed that blazing speed, that raw talent, mm-hmm. and um I think they was just trying to figure out okay what how. My biggest thing with the receivers and what they was trying to figure out with T.J. Jones is like it's it's one thing to have the talent, but it's you have to be able to put it in the right places as coaches. Exactly. So I want to. I want. Um, I'm hoping with Henshaw and Vincent that they can mix it up really well. I know with Fred Farrier, I'm I'm really close with um, Rajay Johnson Sanders, the guy that he transferred to Troy. 
Yeah. And I, Rajay was talking to me, and he was um, saying, man, Fred Ferrier. Mm-hmm. Like you said, Brian Vincent, he, this was just us talking. And he was just like, you know, Fred Ferrier, man, that dude. And he was like, man, watch out. I mm-hmm. believe he's, what I believe he's, uh, I can't remember what number he was, but uh, was it 13? Uh, uh, sounds yeah. right. Yeah, I think he was saying number 13, Fred Ferrier, man, watch out the dude. That's all he kept saying. He was like, he got it all. He got the hands, he got the shiftiness, he got the speed. Right. Like, he is the he got he got Nick. So I've been hearing a lot about him just in general. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to see what he does. And I did look up. He's number two. But I mean, number but two. yeah, but I mean, but this is a guy that you do hear about, it. especially, you know, when the coach talks about you. Hey, you got to be showing something in practice. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, and, and you mentioned Dexter Boykin, you know, coming over from uh, North Alabama, a guy that set records at North Alabama. You know, he he can come in and contribute right away. And don't forget about Samario Rudolph. I mean, this was a guy, you, you know, you go back to uh, the Rice game back in 2020. I mean, we don't <laughs> we don't get to that Conference USA championship without those touchdowns that he received, you know, that he got. And he earned that scholarship, you know, with that game. So Samario is a guy that can come in, you know, that should contribute more. Hopefully you've got Luke Purser. Um, you know, this was a guy that mainly he's just played uh, special teams, but this is a guy that can come in and play wide receiver, maybe at that slot. Um, but there's, there's a lot of other younger guys, you know, you've got some young talent uh, at wide receiver that, Hey, there might've been a name that we didn't mention that might can contribute this year. Yeah, like um, Jordan Palmer last year. Um, I think he came over. He seemed to be uh, – he was a guy that was mentioned to me as well um, as ha- having really, really great hands, more of a position type of guy from what I – if I can remember correctly. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I think with Rudolph, um, I think Samario Rudolph, I think the thing we have to figure out with him is, like, you can see certain guys and see what their what their niche is. And I was just kind of wondering what is – what is Samario Rudolph as a as a as a receiver, you know? Is he the deep threat? Is he kind of that slot guy? Is he the dependable third down kind of guy? Is he a game breaker? I'm not really sure. If the coaching staff can help him figure that part out, I think it'll do wonders for his game. Agree. Well our last uh position is tight end and this is I mean honestly Darian, this is still one position that I kind of struggle with, kind of looking at, you know, what we've seen so far in camp, what we've heard from camp, what we've seen last year. Like, it, and we kind of hit on it last week. I mean, it, it really stinks losing Garrett Prince and Hayden Pittman. Like, those two guys, those are probably the best tight ends. Uh, well, I mean, UAB's had a lot of great tight ends. I mean, you go back to Kennard Backman, you go back to Everett. Jeffrey, Jeffrey Anderson. Yeah, and, yep, there you go. Um, yeah. So UAB has had some talented tight ends, but Garrett Prince and Hayden Pittman, those two guys were just special. And I, I mean, you've got Terrell McDonald, um, you know, who I mentioned last week. I still, I st- even though he was, he came in as a defensive guy, I think this it can be a very serviceable tight end. Like you go back to the spring game, he he caught a couple. Well, I know he at least caught one really good pass to start the spring game, um, but he he if he can just show that he's a hundred percent reliable with his hands, um, I think he can be that guy. Now, other people have been saying that Malik Bryant, you know, you know, this is a guy that has always had injury problems and shout out again to Steve, you know, Steve's not a co-host on this pod, but we continue to bring up Steve Irvine's name. He right. just wrote a player feature on Malik Bryant. And this is a guy that really seems focused, you know, on, making an impact at tight end this year, you know, of having previous injuries, you know, from Miami, Ohio, and 
other things, you know, coming in here hurt, um, being hurt last year. Um, he, he played in a couple games in the 2020 season. But, I mean, if he can get rid of that injury bug, maybe he can be that guy. You, you, you look at um, Dallas Payne. I mean, you know, JUCO guy from Northeast Community College where he was an all-conference guy last year in JUCO. I mean, could he be that guy? Um, what, what, Darian, what are your thoughts on tight end? Because I honestly, like, I think McDonald can make that step and be the serviceable tight end that we need, not just a run blocker, but somebody that can catch passes and be a threat in the passing game. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- what are your thoughts on tight end? Yeah, this is the one we, we got some figuring out to do. I, and when it comes to that, I, 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 I don't like doing it just because of seniority. I don't like doing it just because, like, okay, you played some behind fair. these guys. Fair. Here? Yeah, no, fair, fair, <laughs> one, fair one. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I thought, uh, for, for some reason, I thought you said, say, <laughs> say here. <laughs> no, I was so no. confused, like, oh, wait. <laughs> no, no, but you bring up a great point, Darian, because, like, you, at least for me, like, my first thing is, like, okay, who's got the most experience with this offense? And right off the bat, it's Terrell McDonald. I mean, the guy's played in – he played in 12 games last year. So yeah, – but yeah, I get I, what I get what you're saying, though, because, like, just because you played – came in in some jumbo pa- packages, right. that doesn't mean that you're going to come in and be the guy like Prince or Pittman. So I see what so, you're saying. I, and I'm and – I'm, and so in – is he I – don't, I don't know how he looks with the ball in his head. Like, yeah, he can probably run the route or so. He, he can catch the ball, you know. Um, what does and he, I, does, I wasn't gonna does he make up. plays? I wasn't going to bring this up, but he did fumble the ball uh, in the 2020 season against Western Kentucky, so I wasn't going to bring that up, but he did have a yeah. fumble against Western. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, that's okay. I just was wondering about his – I was wondering, are you – is he a run blocking tight end? Like, I don't know. And I, and I hope he gets those um, – he gets the opportunity to prove himself in count. I hope he gets the opportunity because I'm not saying that that what he is or what he that's not what I'm saying. I'm just questioning it. Like, yeah. And it's it's, it's fair to have questions. So what I want to see is I want to see an open competition because I see I see Brody Dalton. I don't care. I've never been the one to care care about like uh, age or I think personally I think experience is overrated at certain mm-hmm. degrees because it's about putting out the guy that's gonna long as they understand the offense, it doesn't matter how old or whatever. If if they can understand the offense and play, it doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. So in my eyes, that's how I always thought. So if you got J.C. Sylvie coming in, and if he's the best guy, I don't care about, like, oh, this guy has played in this game. Well, this guy is going to make the plays, right? Mm-hmm. If, or Brody Dalton or, you know. So I, I want to see it open. Is, is Malik Bryant back to that, like, Steve? I, saw, I read that article. Malik said he's 100%. He's feeling the best. He's He feels like he's back to himself. Before all of that, he's been dealing with these dang injuries forever, it seemed like. Yeah. So so now he feels 100%. That's all over and done with. He done lost weight and got himself back to where he was. If he's that guy that I saw on that film mm-hmm. coming into UAB, I believe that's the guy, you know. But, I, you know, but uh, those guys will be able to battle that. Battle it out. I hope it's a fierce competition. I hope it's open to all of them. Yeah, that way, that way we can put the best tight end out there from youngest from uh, from Dallas Payne to to Brody Dalton mm-hmm. to um, to Malik Bryant to Terrell McDonald. But I do believe that Terrell McDonald deserves the first shot. 
Yeah, I agree. I do, I do believe in that. And, and let's face it, you know, UAB is going to have multiple tight ends out there, especially when they go jumbo. Like, you're, you're going to have more than one tight end out there sometimes. So the, the, a couple of guys will be able to get that shot. Right. And, and you, know, you know, I was wondering with Henshaw and his um, ability, like we was naming out all of these receivers. Mm-hmm. And if you look back at those offenses, like, you see multiple tight ends with Kentucky because of the team. But if you look mm-hmm. back at and when he, when they were at Cincinnati, they had a whole bunch of receivers. And guess what? They utilized their receivers. Right. There is a world where we listen to tight ends roll because we don't have that guy. Mm-hmm. There, there's a world where that is just what we do a lot of four wide with with one uh, with the running back, and we focused on our deep running backs and our receivers. So that could that could be a solution as well, but. I believe in our guys. I think one or two of them will show that they are the guy to depend on. Definitely agree with you, Darian. Well, guys, we are over an hour and five minutes, so (laughs) we will go ahead and wrap this up. But, hey, very great. I think a very thorough discussion that we've had with all of our position groups, Darian. I am excited to see what this offense does in the 2022 season. Um so, and hey, next week we're going to get into the defense and special teams, which, you know, I'm excited, you know, golly, looking at those linebackers, man. I'm so excited to talk about those next week. Oh, don't get, me, don't get me started, man. <laughs> we can go a whole another hour now if we wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much uh, for listening to the Blazer Victory Podcast. As always, uh, make sure that you're helping to spread the word. Um, number one, go buy a T-shirt or two. Uh, Hey, and uh, help spread the word about the podcast. Tell another UAB fan about the Blazer Victory podcast. And if you are listening to us right now and you are not subscribed to our podcast on Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening, go ahead and hit that subscribe button now to make sure you do not miss any future episodes. But on that note, guys, we'll wrap it up and we'll be back next week uh, to discuss the defense. But as always, go Blazers. Oh, oh, John. Oh, 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 oh. Hold on, hold on. I gotta do. I gotta do this real quick. Oh yeah, just, go for it. I've been, I've been seeing this trend. Blazer Nation, let's ride. <laughs> let's ride, <laughs> baby. <laughs> go Blazers. <laughs>